0: section ten of strangers at lisconnel by jane barlow this librivox recording is in the public domain section ten but deed now it was the queer contrivin we had after he'd come home and where he'd been but off down to drumrow gettin' her an elegant big teapot for a keepsake so the sorrow a stim of it in course could she see I had done me best biddin' her look at the grand gilt handle and the wreath of pink roses on it, and she'd say the same thing after me. But sure it no way's very easy to fall into an admiration of a teapot you've never set eyes on. And I missed out. The poor lad thought she wasn't so much pleased with it as he expected. And then he'd be walking in and out and axing for this, and that he was to put in his bundle, and she could only be telling him where to look for them instead of readying them for him herself and the pair of socks she'd promised him she couldn't get to finish real fretted she was with it all howsomever one way or the other we made a shift till poor felix went off in the grey of the mornin' with ne'er a notion of anything says he to her You'll be seein' me steppin' in again one of these days, and says she, "Ay, will I, as sure as I'll see the sun shinin'." So he conceded she was well enough content, but the two of them was thinkin' different things. Ne'er a word of it we said to anybody before Felix was gone, or else somebody would have been safe to have told him, for there's plenty of people. Couldn't be goin about without tellin' everything they hear any more than a wasp could fly without buzzin' its wings, and then we got the doctor to her, but he couldn't do ere a hand's turn. Sure, what could anybody do again the lightnin'? That's a sort of miracle, you may say, unless it was wit another one. And I dunno, has people any call to be settin' themselves up to try do them? said Mrs. Bryan we'd better leave the like to them that understands the nature of such things ah i should suppose we'd a right to be tryin' whatever we get the chance to said theresa and that's little enough the lord knows plenty of things there is keep up out of the reach of our meddling with them ay bedad or else it's the queer regulating we'd be giving them now and again we would so said oddie regretfully och but there's an odd few good jobs I'd give more than a trifle to be puttin me hand to this minute if i could get a hold of them and that's the way it is i'm afeard wid the lightnin blindin said teresa how up at laurigmenna we'd a done the best we could for her if she'd a been content to have stayed there we'd a contrived among us all to keep her well enough but not a bit of her would for all we could do or say she wouldn't be a burden on the neighbours she said you see she's proud in her mind the creature that's what it is goodness help her and when a body has that sort of a notion said otty you might as easy crack an egg inwards as get it out of their head so that's the way of it said theresa but if you could be telling me whether it's wrong i done or right you know more than meself felix would be for killin' me if he knew that's certain and small blame to him i was thinkin part of the while comin along for bad work there's apt to have been sure enough in anything that in anything that ends in landin a body in the union the blind woman in her corner across the hearth seemed to have caught the last word for she abruptly said "Ay, ay, it's there i'm goin and the first of the morags ever went on the rates or the conroys either but i'm not takin their name along wid me troth no sorra the elemeraw will they find in it sure not at all woman dear said theresa why mrs Doyne, it's great work the two of us had this day comin along the road plannin a fine name for mrs morog to have in the union for she says it's none any decent poor people own shall be bringin into it so we've settled she's to be Mrs. Skeffington Yelverton. That's an elegant soundin' one, isn't it, ma'am? Everybody expressed admiration, and a forlorn glimmer of complacency at the arrangement passed over even the sorrowful countenance of Mrs. Skeffington Yelverton herself. As she sat in her ragged old wisp of a shawl, she was holding it under her grand new Delft teapot, whose beauties she should never see, though by this time much fingerin had made her familiar with the outlines of its raised pink-rosed wreath. Then Teresa Joyce said, "We ought to be steppin on with ourselves if we're to get to Clane before dark." The evenin's took up a bit. I see the sky there turnin like golden glass again the windy pane, but the neighbors protested against their setting forward again and it was agreed that they should sleep the night at the Gilfoils. when this point had been decided mrs morogue said would that be the sea the rustling i hear outside there upon this people looked ruefully at her and at each other as if the question had given them a glimpse into the darkness in which she was sitting ah no ma'am said mrs doyne that's only the sedge leaves and the wind round the big pool just back of the house few days of the year there is summer or winter but they'll be shush shooin that way a dreary sort of noise it is to my mind i do be tired listenin to it in the night sometimes sure there's ne'er a drop of sea-water nearer us ma'am than the place you're after quittin out of said judy ryan it's the queer willa it ud have to be risin before we hear it that far well well said the blind woman youse are the very lucky people i'm thinkin all of yous, that see the shinin of the sun and live beyond the sound of the sea her remark was followed by a short silence during which her hearers were perhaps questing for consolatory rejoinders rather than congratulating themselves upon their own luckiness it was big anne who broke the pause saying with the best of intentions ah sure ma'am dear please god you won't be so and we won't be so a sentiment which apparently did not meet with the approval of Audie rafferty as he frowned bushily at her and said in a testy undertone musha good gracious woman what talk have you out of you at all just at this moment sounds the nature of which could not easily be mistaken rose up close by shouts and laughter and thumps and trampling of feet people who ran quickly to the door were in time to see a knot of youths fall confusedly out of the house over the way the quigleys obviously to judge by their subsequent proceedings for the purpose of continuing a scuffle with ampler elbow-room but it was only for a very brief space that their wrestling and skirmishing among the puddles held anybody's attention that was speedily diverted to the far more extraordinary and astonishing behaviour of their visitor mrs morogue for she suddenly sprang up off her chair exclaiming saints above it's paddy that's paddy's voice him that i haven't set eyes on for nine years next easter and there's felix yelling too the both of thems come back glory be to god and so saying out of the house she ran and across the road as straight as a dart she who not an hour before had been led gropingly in and would have put her foot among the glowing hearth sods if her guides had not pulled her away the neighbours could at first look on in only mute amazement but in any case the two boys and she were for some time so intricately entangled that any attempt to elicit any explanation would have been futile when at last questions and answers were possible no very lucid account of the matter was forthcoming to the many voices that demanded is it saying you are woman alive is it saying you are all mrs morogue all mrs morogue could answer was i bedad am i and as well as ever i done in me life praise be to goodness sure i dunno what way it was but me sight came back to me all of a flash the same as it went just." the very minute i was hearin the lads shoutin och paddy evick but you're the grand man growin and felix och now to be seein you again and everything else as clear as clear it's meselfs the lucky woman this day glory be to god and mary in short the marvellous restoration of her sight is to this day a miracle very freshly in the remembrance at Lisconnel and larigmena where the inhabitants know little about paralyzed optic nerves and might perhaps continue to wonder none the less even if they knew more beside it the unexpected reappearance of the two young morogues seemed almost a commonplace incident though paddy's fine new suit and gold watch-chain were indeed very exceptional things at lisconnel his story ran that he had prospered highly of late out in california having made enough to set him up grandly on a good bit of land in the old country and give felix a fair start and keep the old mother in comfort all the rest of her life with what objects in view they had landed at queenstown he and his wife a girl belonging to a very respectable decent people in the county of wicklow so next morning walking along the quay. Who should I see but me gentleman there, and another chap along with him, and both of them lookin' as wild as if they'd been caught, and says I to Sally, "You bet that's Felix from our place at home." And right I was, and just slick in time to stop him goin' on board. Paddy had then left his wife with her family in Wicklow, where he had seen a promising farm, and he and Felix were now on their way to fetch their mother thither and it's in the queer consternation you'd have been said theresa joyce if you'd landed up at larigmanagh and found her quit out of it the way she was and that would have happened us said felix if it hadn't been for young dan ryan in there just now passin the remark that we couldn't expect father martin to be sendin us notices all the way to the county cork and supposin i'd very belike missed the right day for the steamer be reason of it for if we hadn't got fightin' and tumblin' out of the house you might easier gone along with yourselves and never known we were in the place at all twas great luck entirely fortune in truth had seemingly taken mrs morogue and her affairs into the highest favour even the luck insurance of a trivial loss was not wanting to her as in her hasty exit she had dropped her new teapot which broke into many pieces on mrs doyne's floor so that as has been said she never beheld it in its beauty but the very skies had cleared above her head swept by a waft of wind that scattered the clouds faster and further than a drift of withered leaves and the sinking sun broadened in splendour before the eyes that had lost sight of him through ten interminable days the wet stones on the road glistened like jewels and the shallowest pools between them held unfathomed deeps of blue when the morogues set off for larigmena where they intended to sleep the night and bid their friends farewell and if it themselves would be in the fine astonishment when they set eyes upon you woman dear said theresa joyce for if you'd been twenty years away travelling the world crooked and straight you couldn't a come back a different creature from what you were, and we settin' out this woeful mornin'. Little notion you had what was comin' to you, and it all the while runnin' up your road, so to speak, like the sun racin' the shadows on a windy day. Deed now, I'd be goin' along wid you to hear what they'd say to you, but I'm old, you see, and every step I've tramped, I have the feel of it in every bone in me body so i'll stop this night up at bryan's and bedad ma'am it's well off you are if you've the feel of nothing worse in them said the querulous voice of old peter sheridan whose acquaintances describe him as being terrible gathered up with the rheumatism this great while so great in fact that everybody except himself has by this time become accustomed to his condition for the most part however they were rather pleased faces that watched the three strangers out of sight the last long beams from the sunset making blink the eyes of nearly all lisconnel the west dispread its fiery golden bloom wider every moment as the swelling scarlet disc wheeled lower burning with orbed flame a hollow path through the kindled haze one laggard cloud a great soft nest of snow drifted into the heart of it and out of it again flushed and glistening and sailed on a radiant shape to meet and eclipse the misty white ghost moon faint and dim in the east far away over the level bog the light was stealing about in streams like water spilt on a floor well now i declare said mrs bryan it does one's heart good to see a bit of luck like that happenin to a body ay does it said judy ryan the creature to be gettin back her sight just at the right minute o time to see her son comin home to her sure now one might take a pleasure in plannin such a thing if one had the managin' of it ah dear but i wish somebody would be contrivin a bit o good luck for us then said mrs quigley maybe there's plenty more where that's comin from suggested brian kilfoyle hopefully it's apt to stay there then quoth mrs quigley for any signs i can see ay ma'am that's me own notion said peter sheridan bitterly i'm thinkin we'll have to be goin there wherever it is and lookin after it for ourselves if it's good luck we're a-wantin and i dunno what better we could be doin said theresa joyce than goin where it is when we get the chance ay there's the last of the sun she said as a quivering red shaft shot up suddenly and trembled away into nothing on the air ay for sure he goes down a great way off out on the bog the creature would have been pleased to see it deed no i don't know anything better we could be doing than goin' after our good look so all through that gathering twilight mrs barogue and her two sons were journeying away with their high fortune to larigmena they were still on the road long after the clear moon had filled the air with shimmering silver and sent their shadows stretching darkly far over the frosted grass but lisconnel had gone to seek for the time being its good luck in the land of dreams End of section 10. Recording by James Carson. End of strangers at Lisconnel by Jane Barlow.